Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome back as we head into Hour 2 this Monday, November 2nd, 2020. Day before the election, we have Rudy Giuliani coming up. We have John Voigt coming up, and we have Brandon Weikert. It has been too long. We missed you last week, Brandon. How are you, sir? I'm okay. Thanks for having me. Sorry about the miss last week. I had to be in uh, our nation's boarded-up capital, and I just found out I'll be up there tomorrow for our what I think will be a very interesting election day. I want to talk to you about every sentence you just uttered, but first let me give you a proper (laughs) introduction. Brandon Weicker is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. Just came out this fall. Great book. And he is the publisher of the Weikert Report, theweikertreport.com. W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T is how he spells his last name. Brandon, let's start um, with what you just said about your plans tomorrow. This is one of yeah. the most odd stories that uh, <clears throat> that has cropped up over the past five, six, seven days, uh, not quite a week, five days or so, that major mm-hmm. cities are boarding up stores in anticipation of riots as if as if this is some banana republic. You want to talk about this? Well, it is a banana republic. I mean, we I mean, I'm sure you've read our friends at the Claremont publication American Mind and they've been pretty explicit over the last year or so that we are reaching banana republic levels of corruption in our political system and it shows. And I, you know, happen to agree with them. And um, I think in terms of the boarding up, I think given what's going on in the last eight months between the riots and all of the the hate and anger, uh, I think business people are doing what they're always doing. They, what they've always done is they're protecting their assets and from whether it be a, a weather event or, in this case, a, uh, a storm of, you know, asininity from uh, uh, Democrat voters. Note this is happening in Democrat cities, not in Republican-controlled areas. It's not the Republican voters, the Trump voters, that these people are scared about. It's the Democrat voters, the party supposedly of love, peace, and tolerance. On that note, two things. One, if they think that this is possible— Perhaps the models showing a Biden win aren't as exa- aren't exactly accurate. Uh, two, how much responsibility do you pin on the Democratic Party for not verbally, rhetorically, and 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 philosophically crushing, uh, criticizing, condemning—that's the right word—condemning these kinds of riots that we have been subject to for the past several months? their fault. I'll go one more. Uh, My father-in-law works in a very prominent building in Washington, D.C. He does security. It's a side job. Uh, He's in his 70s. And uh, he was, during the last round of riots in D.C., he was worried about going down to the garage to get his car because all of the rioters somehow had managed to get into the garage. And as it turned out, 
the lobbying firm, a lot of the young associates in their BMWs and their Land Rovers, had been letting the rioters into the building to hide out. And as it turns out, the well-paid young lobbyists and Democrat staffers were donning masks themselves and running into the fray, uh, throwing Molotov cocktails and, uh, you know, initiating in their own mob violence directed against uh, the people of Washington, D.C. So I blame them 100 percent. Not only are young members of the Democrat Party establishment partaking in these horrible events, but then you have the Democrat politicians giving rhetorical uh, cover to the to these protests and probably on some level uh, giving them some kind of financial support and partnering certainly with these these groups that are organizing these horrible, horrible riots. So it's all their fault. And intellectual um, fodder, I believe. Uh, I was talking with, uh, you know, Andy Biggs. I was talking with Andy Biggs in the last hour. And I was saying, uh, James Clyburn, who's a congressman, but not just a congressman. He is the majority whip. He is in the leadership of the House of Representatives, Democrat, South Carolina. He said over the weekend that the only way Joe Biden would lose this election would be via voter suppression. Other Democrats have said much the same thing to set up that condition to set up that certain condition the only way donald trump will win is by suppressing votes is i believe encouragement intellectual fodder and encouragement for this kind of behavior isn't it i I think it's criminal and i think it's i mean we could say it's grossly cynical but democrats and cynicism go hand in hand you know like uh you know bread on butter and so, you know, that's not a surprise to me. But I actually think this is a criminal offense. I think that they are suborning insurrectionist behavior. And I think that, you know, the, um, the, the protections afforded to elected people uh, for speaking, I think, should be seriously looked at. Because and particularly James Clyburn, the thing about Clyburn is that he was not a Joe Biden guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got on board with Biden uh, as a tactical maneuver to keep his position in the Democratic Party. And there are a, and I think this is indicative of where a lot of the Democrats are, because Biden may have had a lot of you know people who liked him and, and the Democratic Party. But Biden had very few people in the Democratic Party who actually wanted to see him in the Oval Office. And including so, Barack Obama. Uh, Including Barack Obama. I'm reading this ridiculously loving book called Barack and Joe. But the one thing that's interesting about it, no matter how much they try to, you know, paint a rosy image of Barack and Joe Biden, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that Barack Obama never once liked or trusted Joe Biden. That he looked at Joe Biden condescendingly. You and I have spoken about this mm-hmm. before. It's mm-hmm. actually very kind of gross. When it's very, it, it's very telling of Barack Obama's character. Here's this man, Joe Biden, who basically, you know, swore felty to Obama, and at every turn, Obama undercut this guy whenever he could. Even up until a few weeks ago, when apparently Obama told Politico never underestimate uh, Biden's ability to f things up. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's that's Biden right there. He can't even get his supporters to like him. Well, I think there's yet a third th- uh, third or fourth thing going on, if, if, if you will, Brandon, here on sure. the on the prospect of riots in the streets. And 
I have yet to be able to answer this in my own mind satisfactorily. I just ask other guests, smart people like you, what your thought is. When people like Clyburn, and he's not alone, there are others, when people like Clyburn say the only way Donald Trump can, Donald Trump can win is, is via voter suppression, uh, the only way Biden can lose is via voter suppression, um, is it, do, do they actually think that there is not a possible majority in this country that actually agrees with the policies of the presidency of Donald Trump? Do they think that? Do, do they actually think that, do they live in such a bubble as to think there can't possibly be conservative thought in this country of any moment or of any, uh, of any, of any, of any important number? Or do they think, or, or, or do they think they have to say this politically? Well, I think as a group, if we're looking at them as sort of a monolithic entity, which could be dangerous, uh, I think the answer is that, yes, they look, you hear them say all the time in their interviews that, well, we always win the popular vote, and that's why we want to get rid of the electoral vote, because the logic is that a majority of Americans actually side with them. I think if you were to get individually the old-timer Democrats like Pelosi and Clyburn and Schumer, if you were to get them in an honest moment, I think they would admit, no, our policies are not as widely supported as we pretend them to be. But we have to say that in order to build momentum, in order to, it's again, a cynical ploy. But as a group, I think that, yes, the Democrats, particularly ones my age, I'm in my 30s, uh, I, I think the Democrats do as a group believe we win the popular vote all the time. And that's, that, that's proof that we're the, the more popular party, that we, more Americans support us. That's um, that, uh, that that that's I think what that that's much of the answer I've been getting from a lot of people, and what they feed though what they feed is a um, what they feed is a narrative, uh, an infantile narrative yeah. that only the insane, only the insane can vote or think conservatively. I've been on this kick for a while now. The, ac- the academy and the culture teaches you that the only appropriate wingspan of politics is left to liberal, and anything to the right of Joe Lieberman, and on odd days including Joe Lieberman, is inappropriate and unacceptable in this country. Can we pick up on that when we come back? i got to take I'd a quick to. break. We're talking to Brandon Weikert. We'll do national security with him as well. Winning Space yeah. is his book, How America Remains a Superpower. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, our latest, most recent supporter. Our most recent sponsor is Nationwide Coin and Bullion Reserve. In times of flux, you want something solid, solid as gold. We urge you buy your gold from Nationwide Coin. They provide excellent customer service and fast delivery. The gold is delivered safe and secure in your hands. Nationwide Coin and Bullion Reserve has an exceptional offer for new customers while supplies last. You can get a one-ounce Gold Eagle coin at cost for just eighteen seventy-five. It's a heck of a deal. The weight and purity are backed by the U.S. government. It's a great opportunity to safeguard your future, so call Nationwide at 800-850-1155. That's 
1155 and mention that you heard about them on my show. We are delighted to be speaking with Brandon Weikert as we do almost almost every Monday. He is the author of Winning Space, <laughs> How America Remains a Superpower. And I'll get to the national security uh, dimensions of this election in just a moment. But first, Brandon, if you wanted to weigh in on the conditions of political rhetoric that the culture has imposed on us, the sense that the only appropriate longitude ranges somewhere starting at Rashida Tlaib or Ilan Omar and extends, oh, maybe a foot before you get to Joe Lieberman. And anything after that is Hitler territory. Uh, I, I think the, um, I think that the political discourse in this country has collapsed. And I think that it's a tragedy because in order for us to maintain a free and open society, um, we not only need to have the legal protection to speak to each other, to speak our minds, to say whatever we want, but we also need to have the uh, common decency to know when to not say certain things or when to say them in a way that will allow for continued conversation as opposed to balkanization. Okay. And I think that our, our social media environment today, I think our mainstream media, all of this has sort of compounded what our friend Charles Murray called self-sorting that began in the country in the 1970s when people of similar educational backgrounds and kind of economic backgrounds began conglomerating near each other in the different regions. Um, and I think that it has only added to this very sad balkanization of the United States. Um, and I think that's why we have the discourse we have today. It's also sort of created this negative feedback loop of extremism, particularly on the left. And then you couple that with, uh, you couple that with what's going on in the campuses and what's being taught to our young people. Uh, all of this is a negative feedback loop that has only further divided our country and created a scenario where, as we spoke about before the break, one of the two major political parties, the Democrats, is saying the only way they're going to lose is if the other side cheats. And that's just not a good place to be if we expect to be a great power for very much longer. On everything you just said, I don't know if you saw this tweet this morning. It comes from a professor at Yale, an MD, an MD, professor at Yale. Her name is Bandy Lee. She wrote a book last year um, on why Donald Trump is mentally unfit to be president. Let me read you this tweet. Oh, yes. Donald Trump is not Adolf Hitler. At least yeah. Hitler improved the daily life of his followers, had discipline, <laughs> and required more of himself to gain the respect of his followers. Talk about not knowing when not to speak. Well, well Seth, I, first when I read that, I immediately thought of that scene in The Big Lebowski when uh, John Goodman's character sitting at the bar with Jeff Bridges and uh, uh, Buscemi's character, and he blurts out, Say what you will about the uh, about the tenets of national socialism. At, but at least, least it's an ethos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it was funny yeah. in the 90s when he said it because we knew he was a ridiculous character being absurd in a funny movie. This is a Yale educated MD, a psychologist, who thinks 
first of all, it's perfectly legitimate and ethical to diagnose a candidate, or rather a president, from afar without ever having met him. And second of all, who teaches at supposedly one of the most elite universities in the world Mm -hmm. and believes that Hitler has any redeeming quality. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they call us the Nazis. Yeah. They call us on the right. You know, this is madness. This is the definition of madness. You know, Trump has made them nuts. And it would be funny if it hasn't gotten to such tragic levels now, where, again, we have businesses boarding up, people afraid. Oh, that's that the nexus. Be... That's the yeah. nexus, because once right. you have painted your leadership in a democratic republic as akin to or equal or worse in this case than Hitler, then of course revolution is justified, right? Right, right. Well, I'll go one more. Um, You know, we talked about banana republics earlier. And, you know, I I have at times half-jokingly said, you know, corrected people when they said we're a democracy. And, of course, they expect me to say, no, we're a republic. Uh I always go, no, we're an oligarchy. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, I'm now increasingly of the mind that we are vacillating somewhere between a sclerotic oligarchy and an elephantine uh, totalitarian uh, uh, system that, you know, perpetuates the worst excesses of human humanity. And um, I'm very worried about this. I, I mean, I think that if Trump doesn't win, I think he will win, by the way. Yeah, I, I want to get to Trump that. I saw a tweet of yours yeah. I want to explore, but go ahead. If, if Trump doesn't win, though, we are going to be in for a terrible time. Uh, I will give your audience a little inside knowledge here. I was told by a very highly placed person that Goldman Sachs is telling their um, – uh, high net worth investors, it's a, a small cadre of people that are being informed of this, to expect 15 major American states to go into total lockdown at the end of November with the anticipation for the entire country being in lockdown by December, total lockdown as never before, um, like what they did in Italy, and that it will last until March or April of 2021. And when I asked this individual who gave me this information this morning, I said, is this all contingent on a Joe Biden presidency? And that person laughed and said, of course, Biden's going to win and this is what's going to happen. And we have an obligation to tell our investors this. And so that's what's in store for us. That's just the beginning of what's going to happen if Biden Biden wins. And, um, you know, I hope it's just... um, you know, so I, I hope it's just some analyst being a little too overzealous. Um, but if Joe, if Joe Biden wins, this country's going to become a very messy place. Who knew you? Who knew you'd be more free in Wuhan? I'm Seth <laughs> Liebson. He's Brandon Weikert. He is the author of Winning Space: How America Remains a Superpower. And we'll be right back with Brandon. As we're going to break, let me put in a word for Balance of Nature, which I take every single day. It's been over a year. I've given it to friends and family. They like it. One daily dose gives you thousands, tens of thousands of vital nutrients. It's the most effective whole food supplement on the market. I haven't been sick in over a year. I usually get sick several times a year. And Balance of Nature has a great deal right now, giving you 35% off your first order and free shipping. Call them at 800 246 751 
or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code BALANCE. Little uh, Buddy Rich and Maynard Ferguson there for you, but we have Brandon Weikert live, his book, Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, and uh, we'll get into that in just a moment, the national security implications of this election. But first, Brandon, you tweeted uh, the other night, Saturday, I think, my prediction for Election Day is that Donald Trump will whoop Joe Biden because Trump is outwitting the DNC at every turn, and they know it. Talk to me. Yeah. Well, um, we talk a lot about uh, a ground game, and everything that I have seen indicates that Trump is the little engine that could, and he has just doubled and tripled down on his outreach the last month and a half. Our friend, I know, Henry Olson, thinks that it's common sense that Biden's going to win, and if this were, you know, in June, as I, when I was writing at American Greatness about Biden possibly sleepwalking into the president. That was certainly a concern of mine. But I think that Trump is changing things at a kinetic level right now, the last month and a half, uh, with all of these campaign stops. I mean, he is just the energizer bunny. He's not stopping. And so that's got to count for something. Um, you know, that, that I've never heard of that not counting for something. And so I just think the Democrats, you look at Joe Biden, and it's almost as if he just, unless he knows something that we don't, um, which I really have trouble believing, given who it is, but um, I really don't think that Biden's sort of a posture of just assuming he's already won and kind of coasting in, I don't think that's a good posture to have. Um, and I think we could wake up after election and find that uh, when all is said and done, by, uh, Trump may have just won not just a little bit, but maybe bigly. And uh, because Trump is just in their headspace, he's he is just chomping at the bit. He's energized, galvanizing people. And so I think that's got to count. I mean, human agency affects reality far more than any sort of predetermined uh, pattern does. A human agency can change the pattern, can 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 mold and shape history to one's will. And so I think Trump has got a lot of unspoken qualitative advantages at his back that maybe people like our friend Henry Olson, who just look at the numbers, might not see. I agree with you on everything you said. I also agree with Barack Obama not to underestimate Joe Biden's <laughs> <laughs> what was the quote? Use use the appropriate initials if you don't mind. How did he say? Uh, never never underestimate uh, Joe Biden's ability to f things up. Yeah, except ne Obama right. used the full word. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and when you watch these rallies, uh, aside from the difference in box office, which is evident, one is better and better by the day and started off really strong, and the other just yeah. I gotta tell you, it's a um, it's a weak tea. It's a it's a small yeah. beer. It really is. Yeah. And now, uh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it. It seems evident, and I can see why they wanted to put lids on him. His ability to f things up uh, yeah. seems seem, seems to continue unabated. Unabated, even when they're putting a lid on him, he just bursts out of a lid. And uh, you know, I my concern is that the first debate. 
was not good for Trump. And a lot of people ended up early voting before the second debate. And my concern is that when you had those news articles a week or two ago after the last debate coming out with apparently the number one search was, can I change my vote um, in America? Um, my concern was that, oh, no, I wonder if that means everybody saw the second debate performance and now they love they love Trump again. But the more I look at it, you know, we just had down here from Naples to Sarasota uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of Trump waving cars in a line going up to I-75. We just had something like 100 boats on the Caloosahatchee River heading out to the Gulf, heading up to the Okeechobee Lake uh, with their Trump flag. And they're doing it right now started yesterday, and they're going to do it all the way until voting stops. We see that also happening in Virginia, of all places. We see these patterns happening everywhere. I don't see the Biden supporters that, you know, my theory is that I think a lot of the early and certainly these mail-in votes, a lot of the early voting probably were Democrats. Hold that that thought, Brandon. I got to take this break. We'll come back on that and the thesis of your book when we come right back. Yes. Love the cowbell in that song. If you're planning on selling your house or if you're selling your house and it isn't going well, you want a cowbell of a real estate agent. That's James Wexler of JMG Real Estate. He's the agent that guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay you the difference. He can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer within 24 hours of reaching out to him. And, of course, no risk. He'll always let you out of your contract at any time you want. He sells more homes, over $500,000 and any other agent in Phoenix and Scottsdale. Give give James Wexler a call at 480-386-0711 or visit him online at jameswexler.com. That's jameswexler.com. Delighted to have with us, as we do for the hour, Brandon Weicker, his book, Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. Brandon, right before the break... Uh, we had to interrupt you on a point about the Democrats and Donald Trump. Uh, if you would like to finish that up, I want to turn to national security next. Um, well, I'm embarrassed to say I no longer remember what. That's okay. That's <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but it, 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 we were ta- we were talking about how how the the more Joe Biden does, and the reason it was so evident that the, he was calling these early lids. Is the is the worse he performs and the worse he shows. Oh, right. You know something that never happened. I, I, he on the campaign trail, particularly during the primaries, he kept talking about looking forward to beating Donald Trump like a drum in the debates. Yeah. And you know that yeah. never happened. And you were talking about yeah. maybe some ballots went in after the first debate and people changed their mind. Yes, yes that's right. Yeah, yes. go ahead. I think I think I think the early voting and certainly the stupid mail-in voting is probably going to be majority Democrat. But every person I know who is leaning Trump or decisively for Trump has mostly been trying to hold out until actual election day. And so I would not be surprised if suddenly by the end of November 3rd, there has been this surge in voting because a lot of the Republican voters 
really were concerned that their votes would not have been counted properly if they went and early voted or even mail-in voted. And so I would not be surprised if there is uh, all the polling data, all of the early snapshots that the media is running with have been completely inaccurate. Then again, though, as I was saying to a colleague of mine, uh, you know, if it turns out one way or the other, we're going to have a decisive moment in terms of whose media and whose narrative is the dominant one from here on out. Either the, the mainstream media and its polling institutions and the Democrats, by extension, will have been proven to be completely liars, wrong, whatever, that they are discredited and never again listened to, or more frighteningly, the, the right-wing media that has been saying, including myself probably, that I've been saying Trump's got this thing, will probably be discredited. So it's one or the other. Obviously, we know whose side I'm on. Um, but um, that is the one thing I think that will be, be done away with is one of the two media establishments in this country will not be the dominant one anymore. And we will have a, you know, either a return to the old media or the, rise of, of the, the complete rise of a new media. And um, so buckle up is all I can say. Could I postulate a third option possibly sure. uh, th- th- that, that, that shows the pollsters to be wrong? or the majority of them, there are some who, who aren't buying what the others are doing. It, it, it shows the pollsters to be wrong, and it won't matter. In much the same way, I thought early on in 2017 CNN would course correct. They doubled down. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They just, they're happily, right. along with the Washington Post and the New York Times, continually insulting and assaulting those who don't share their beliefs. Yeah with no um, modicum of uh, fairness <clears throat> in their journalism. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Maybe maybe that could happen with the pollsters, too. They won't be discredited. Yes. They'll just be the province of the Washington Post Well, I CNN. guess that's more of an optimistic hope on my part, that okay. they are finally discredited. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. well, I'll so you are the author of this great book, Winning Space, How America Remains yes. a Superpower. Spell out the national security implications of a Trump victory versus a Trump loss. Uh, well, Trump victory in general national security terms is going to mean uh, we're going to get stronger, not weaker. We're going to become more self-reliant uh, in terms of supply chain, in terms of uh, actually empowering our allies to actually make them stand up. Right now they've been far too dependent on us. Uh, and instead, we're putting their feet to the fire in the near term so that in the long run, they're actually a reliable ally and not just sort of, uh, you know, a, a parasite. Um, the flip side is if Biden wins, you can expect to have some return of the Obama era foreign policy. So that means we're going to reengage the Iranians in the nuclear deal that has proven to be so disastrous. That means that we're basically going to hand the Middle East off to Iran. That means we're basically going to let China run roughshod over the Indo-Pacific. At the same time, we're going to be picking a useless fight, maybe even getting into a conflict with Russia over Eastern Europe. At the same time, one can expect all of the gains that we've made in shoring up our vital space assets, the Space Force, to go away. And you can also expect the uh, manned spaceflight program to be withered away and replaced with an obsession with global warming. These are but some of the things you can expect if Biden were to win. With a Trump victory, 
you could expect, I think, in the long term, a more stable world as our enemies realize they can no longer get away with that which they've been getting away with, not just for years, but for decades. I think right now our rivals are really banking on Trump losing so that they can go back to the way things were. But as I told you before, there is no going back. And I think if Trump wins, that's going to be proof that there's no going back. Do you think there is a contingent of allies in Europe that wishes for Trump to be replaced, or do you think they have come to an accord of understanding of this way of doing business? I understand where China is. I understand where Iran is. I understand where Russia is. I can't get a grasp of Germany, France, Italy, and the like. Oh, I can. Uh, and, And incidentally... Those are the countries that a week and a half before our election decided to go into, including Britain, decided to announce they were totally locking the country, their countries down, knowing full well that it would crash our stock market as Trump is campaigning on the fact that the stock market is, is a great indicator of his successful presidency. Don't think that that was not related ah. to what's going on. These countries do not, including Canada, do not want Trump to win because he has been holding their feet to the fire in terms of funding NATO, in terms of taking on more responsibility, in terms of actually having a stake in our alliance structure. I would remind everyone that the British, until a few months ago, were fine letting the Chinese build out their 5G network, even after they themselves discovered the Chinese were building vulnerabilities into the British 5G network. And what did the British do? They didn't care. It took a phone call from Donald Trump, and my British friends say this is not true, but I know it is. They took a phone call from Donald Trump in which he said, if you guys let 5G go forward, I'm going to have to, it's going to risk your access to our vulnerable, our valuable Five Eyes intelligence sharing program, and it's also going to put, put at jeopardy your uh, NATO membership. And the British backed down. But what do we find out now is that Boris Johnson and his government have been having secret negotiations with China saying, let's hold off. Hold hold that thought. Hold hold that thought. Okay, thank you. We'll be right back with closing. A couple final thoughts with Brandon Weikert, author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. Brandon, finish that up and and restart it if you want at any appropriate point about Boris Johnson and 5G and Donald Trump. If you don't Special ally, Britain, uh, has been in secret negotiations to undercut the Trump foreign policy of standing up to China because uh, Boris Johnson is convinced, and I think somewhat hopeful, uh, that Trump will lose the election. And um, this is a very dangerous spot we're in. And um, I, I just, it's, it is it is mind-blowing that this is where we are, mm-hmm. not 80 years after we saved Europe and specifically Britain uh, from the, the scourge of totalitarian uh, fascism, only to have them turn toward a new form of totalitarian yeah. fascism in the form of the People's Republic of China. Okay, them's the stakes. Um, Let me close with a question I'm asking every guest today, Brandon. We're told every election is the most important. This one truly is. And if you agree with me, 
in your closing moments, would you explain why? Yeah, well, it's simple. Right now, the 2020s begins a, uh, a shift in our demographics. It begins a shift in the economic system, and all of it's going to cascade onto one another. Uh, the trends have been on, the writing's been on the wall since, you know, at least the early 2000s. Uh, but 2020 is a fulcrum point in our nation's history. Uh, regardless of who would have been running, this was going to always be the year that determines the next, I think, century of American politics. And uh, it's going to be very contingent in terms of whether we are a prosperous, free-loving society or if we become more Euro- Euro- you know, European in nature, which is something I don't want. Uh, this, this election is going to determine that with who we put into the Oval Office. Uh, because whoever's going to win especially if it's Biden, is probably going to also win the legislative branch. And that is going to be very scary. If Trump wins, we can at least have a more balanced regime and we can actually navigate uh, the, the, the bumpy road ahead and come out in the 2030s with an American renaissance. If Biden wins, uh, it's all over. I mean, the country is going to be basically a giant European state, high taxes, low growth. Um, you know, declining population, declining standards of living. Uh, it's it's not going to be pretty. And so those are the stakes. This We've never had an election this important probably in 50 years, 60 years. This is this is the fulcrum point election. And it, deba- it you know, it demands us to make the right choice uh, in terms of the individual. Brandon J. Weikert, author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. Well done, sir. Thanks for spending your hour with us as you do every Yeah, Monday. thank really, you for having me. Really appreciate it. Rudy, Giuli- Rudy Giuliani coming right up. We'll be right back.